0: Welcome to 56-bit Cloud Cafe, your go-to destination for all tech topics in the cloud. I'm Athir Dalal.
1: And I'm Patrick Camilleri. And together we'll be addressing various cloud topics.
0: Welcome to the final episode of our IAM journey. We've covered a lot, from the essentials to policies and best practices. Our episode for today will be mainly focused on sharing practical tips for a secure cloud experience. So let's start. Let's talk about best practices. What should we be doing with IAM to keep everything running smoothly in our cloud world?
1: Right, so IAM is all about best practices. Security in general is all about best practices. And definitely the best best practice you can have is to... Keep your policies as clean as possible. This is not something you do once. This is something that you create it well in the beginning, create those policies well in the beginning, and then keep iterating and improving. You can create a policy and then start removing permissions as you see that people or, or applications do not need them. You can add permissions as people and applications start needing them. So, it is an iterative process, Um, and as always, it is also important to plan ahead. So, think what roles you will need. When we say roles here, we mean actual job roles that people will need. Plan what the actions and the services that those people and applications will require, and then make sure you stick to the principle of least privilege as much as possible. As a reminder, that is basically a very simple principle, which says don't give too much permissions, but also don't give too little. If you give too much, you're reducing security. If you give too little, you're increasing the chances of that person or application not being able to work. That's probably the best practice that you should go for immediately. Then there are others, things like making sure that you do not use the root user Once you create the first admin, then you can discard that root user credentials. With discard, we mean keeping it somewhere safe, but not using it for anything unless really required. Every person needs to have their own credentials, which are not shared between them. Every person will have policies which are in line with their job, not too much and not too little. Make sure that every person logging in has multi-factor authentication switched on. So it's not just the credentials, the usernames and the passwords, but also have multi-factor like a one-time code from their mobile or other ways of doing multi-factor authentication. And the last thing also is roles. Make sure that you use rows as much as possible. So whenever you have a service in AWS that needs to talk to another service, the chances are that you will you should be using roles. You can use roles for people as well. So once they log in, then they they can use a cross-account role to go into other accounts, into other AWS accounts. Or they they take the credentials from a role to do a specific job. And if they don't want to do that job again, then they go into a different role. So keeping your users groups policies and roles clean is definitely a best practice which will really help this is probably the most common example of misconfiguration iam that we find it's not easy to do to keep it all clean on an iterative basis but it's something that at 56 bit we do on a monthly basis We, we run automated reports to see if people have too much permissions, too little, if they are not using certain things, and then reducing or increasing their permissions accordingly. One other thing you can do is access keys. So till now, we've always spoken about credentials being usernames and passwords. Usernames and passwords are only applicable when you're going into the AWS console, into the web application of AWS. If you want to run commands onto the AWS system from a programmatic point of view, so from your applications, you cannot use a username and password, you have to use an access key and a secret. These are like username and passwords, but they are there for programmatic access. The same thing applies, so making sure that you use them, you rotate them, you you can have multi-factor authentication. Use rows instead of users to have temporary access keys rather than permanent access keys. Things like this.
0: That's great. Now, I want to ask you, what are the common mistakes people usually make with IAM? I'm sure our listeners want to avoid those.
1: Yeah, so uh, definitely we want to avoid mistakes. And we've spoken a lot about best practices and we just you know, mentioned a number of them. Won't repeat those, so the mistakes people make are usually not following those best practices. Um, and definitely, that's something that you should follow from the very beginning. Something else I want to mention is when you start having multiple AWS accounts, which is today is the norm, that you have multiple AWS accounts. Why? Because resources are not created the same. So there are resources which are production resources. So EC2 instances, S3 buckets, and many other things which are production, meaning they have live data, they are very important, and so you want to protect these as much as possible. Then you have other resources, which are not production, they are there for testing purposes, and those are a bit less important in terms of security. So one best practice is to split these into different accounts. So have production resources into an AWS account, and have non-production into other into another AWS account. Since IAM works at the account level, so everything you do is in a specific account, once you start adding accounts, more than one, you'll start having things like multiple usernames and passwords because each one has its own, each account has its own username and password for that user. Multiple roles, you know, and can get very complex. So one best practice that you should use once you have multiple accounts is to use SSO or single sign-on. What this means is have a single username and password, a single identity protected by multi-factor authentication. But then from that single identity, you can decide which account to go in and decide what permissions you are going to go into that account with. To do this, you can use what we call federation, federation means that you'll join IAM of a, any account to a centralized system. That's why it's called single sign-on. This federation allows you to join IAM to things like Google logins, things like Microsoft logins. AWS themselves have their own service called Identity Center, which allows you to do all this that we're saying. So by joining every IAM of every account to the singular service, we can have a single username and password with single multi-factor authentication, and then from there decide which account to go on. So let's say we want to go into a non-production account with full admin, but then the same user might have limited admin permissions on a production account. This is again, principle of least privilege. you are are given enough, but not too much, even at the account level. Plus, having a single username and password helps a lot to make sure that people don't write their credentials down, they don't share them, they keep them safe. A single sign-on definitely improves security.
0: As we wrap up our IAM series, we hope these insights make your cloud journey smoother. Stay tuned for more Tech Talks in our upcoming episodes. Until then, happy cloud computing! If you have questions, suggestions, or want to share your feedback, connect with us on social media.
1: Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to leave us a review to help others find their way to the Cloud Cafe.